Hey friends, can't wait till Wednesdays to get your Modern Mamas fixed. Join us on Patreon. You can choose your tier and when you subscribe, you'll get bonus content, early access to retreat, first peeks at new swag, plus shout outs and even real time monthly virtual hangs with us. Visit patreon.com forward slash modern mamas podcast to check it out and support the podcast. It truly means the world to us. We are so grateful for you and for this community. I love mama. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Modern Mamas podcast. We are two modern mamas here to inspire empowerment, self-love, deep physical and spiritual nourishment, holistic health, open minds, and joy, no matter your journey or perspective. I'm Laura of Radical Roots. I'm a certified CrossFit trainer, certified nutrition consultant, and mama to Evie Wilder and Indy Bow. I love outdoor adventure, good food, especially sourdough, and mindful movement. And I'm Jess of Hold the Space Wellness. I'm a level one CrossFit trainer, athletic trainer with a master's in kinesiology, Enneagram coach, and mama to Bear and Camille. I'm passionate about helping people become the best versions of themselves. Please note that while we're here to provide advice and insights, we aren't medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes. Thanks for joining us. We're so happy you're here. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Modern Mamas podcast. I am so thrilled to finally have a very special guest on that we have been trying to make this work since I was pregnant with Indy and I've had to reschedule multiple times because life. So it's such a treat now (laughs) that she's almost five months old to finally get to welcome Vanessa Rosetto to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here today, Vanessa. Thanks so much for having me. Congrats on the baby. Thank you. Um, We were chatting a little bit before offline around about kids and I know you're in a totally different season with much older ones, but there's definitely solidarity around motherhood and just both having been through it. And that's kind of what makes one of the things that makes this podcast special. And I know that we're going to talk towards the end too, about the ways in which nutrition and motherhood are intertwined and how to kind of help mamas love ourselves through food and foster that in our kids. So before I jump way too far ahead, I want to make sure that I get a chance to introduce you. So let's get to know Vanessa. Although she has a master's degree in marketing from New York University, Vanessa's first true love is science. Always inquisitive, she sought out the help of a registered dietitian in 2004 in order to understand the role food plays in one's overall health and build a better relationship with food. Fast forward to the fall of 2006 when she began her first class in the nutrition and food studies program on her way to being a registered dietitian herself hoping to make a positive impact on people as they navigate their way through understanding nutrition. Vanessa received her MS in marketing at New York University and completed her dietetic internship at Mount Sinai Hospital, where she worked as a senior dietitian for five years. She is certified in adult weight management levels one and two by the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. Her work in private practice also includes treatment of GI disorders, bariatric surgery, weight management, PCOS, and family nutrition. She is mostly interested in helping clients to take an active role in their health journey. Any of her clients can tell you she motivates and ensures that they always achieve success. Vanessa was named by Essence Magazine as one of the top five black nutritionists that will change the way you think about food. She lives in Hoboken, New Jersey with her husband, two kids, and their new golden doodle, Freddie. An exercise junkie, she is always up for any class as long as it's after she rides her Peloton. I love it. <laughs> what a bio. Yeah, it's wonderful. And it's fun to get to know you better. And I'm excited because I truly believe this isn't going to be like a typical, in quotes, nutrition podcast, because I know we're going to dive into food freedom, ditching diet culture and more. And I can't wait. But before yeah. we do, 
I love to do a little bit of an icebreaker. So we're heading into summer. As we record this, we're almost to Memorial Day weekend. What is your favorite summer food? I know this is going to sound so basic, but I love a good lemon ice pop. And I don't, I don't buy them all year round, right? Like they're very underrated. Nobody thinks about them. But once summer happens, I go find like whatever it is. It's like an, an Italian ice. It's an ice pop, whatever I find. And I'll just like load the freezer up with them. And I'll like, I'll eat them like two at a time all summer. And then the second Labor Day hits, I, I'm like done with them. And I, I won't see them again until like June. That's <laughs> amazing. Do you have a specific brand that you like best? No, I'm really like an equal opportunist. So whatever is there and on sale and available to me, I'll, I'll buy it. It's like, whatever's here, I got, I, I'll take it. And now I have a craving. I think I'm going to have to go out and find them this weekend, or maybe I'll try making something, yeah. but it's. Oh yeah. Making them is really fun to do with the kids. It's just like very fresh. And you know, like, you know, it's like so hot. And the last thing you want to do is like turn on a stove and like cook. So I'll just like make a salad. I'll like rinse a bunch of chickpeas, put them on top. And then I'll just eat the ice pop after. I'm like, this is good. Okay. This is I'm here for it. Mm. And those of those folks listening who follow me on Instagram know that I'm a chickpea kind of fanatic. I sprout up my own and then I, I like roast them up so they're crunchy or I make hummus. So now all I want is a chickpea salad and an ice pop. I just had a chickpea salad for lunch. So look at that. That's amazing. I'm going to have hummus on my sandwich after this, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay, great. Not basic. I think that probably just inspired some people or gave them cravings. So before we dive in, if you could, so I read your bio, it's awesome. But if you could kind of give our listeners maybe a little bit of an idea of who you are from your voice and maybe a little bit about your journey and what led you to, and like a little bit in more depth, what led you to where you are now with the work that you're doing. I'm first generation. My mom is from Haiti. My dad is from Spain, but he's also like grew up in Haiti. And we, like my mom cooked every single meal. I mean, if like right now my parents live like 40 miles away, there's probably rice and beans on the stove. She might've made my dad a lasagna, but there's still rice and beans in case he doesn't want to eat the lasagna. And like, that's just how I grew up. Like we never went out to dinner and, and that was just like normal. And then I got to college and I was like free so I, and I went to college in the Bronx, I went to Fordham University. And so you can imagine what was available to me, which was like Sparrow pizza from the Ram Skeller, cause we're the Fordham Rams or, you know, White Castle and like pizza. And I didn't know anything about nutrition because it was like the late nineties. And so we didn't have Instagram and we didn't have all the information that we have today. And nutrition was like not a thing. And so in college I gained 50 pounds. And then after college, I moved back home and I lost 50 pounds, like pretty fast, actually, like maybe in like two months, but I wasn't doing anything. I was just eating, going back to like eating my mom's food, whatever was there is what I ate. And like my first job out of college, I think I made like $25,000 a year. So it was just like, okay. So I couldn't like afford to be like buying lunch every single day or any of those things. And so I lost all this weight. And then that was it. I was back to like, what the weight that I was before I got, you know, before I got to college and I didn't know how, but I did know that I should go to a registered dietitian to tell me how. So then like fast forward, maybe it's like 2004 and my boyfriend, Michael Rosetto, you can see where this is going, asks me what I want for Christmas. And I'm like, can you buy me a gift card so I can go see a registered dietitian? And he's like, is this a trick? I was like, no. 
I really just want to know. And so I went as to like the a trap just to, to see. Yeah. Yeah. Like buying your wife, like a vacuum. He's like, yeah. Whoa. Is this? I was like, no, I was like, I swear, I, I swear this. to you. I, I want this and like, it's expensive. And so can you just like buy it for me? And he was like, okay, cool. So we like bought me like three sessions with Carrie Glassman, who's a very well-known dietitian and a very dear friend of mine to this day. And she was like, so cool. She just explained nutrition to me in this very pragmatic way. Like, this is how you eat. This is what your goal is. This is how you can make it better. Food is not off limits. There is no charge. Like, take the charge away from the food. Like, here we go. And and I was like, okay. And obviously this like worked for me because I didn't grow up with a mother who was like weighing herself all the time. Like my mother is from a third world country where no matter how rich you are, if it rains really bad and wipe washes away a bridge, nobody's going to get any food. Right. So like there, we're in America now. There's this abundance of food. So I'm, I'm cooking it and you're eating it. And so now this woman explained, like, this is what fiber is. This is the starch. This is how you pair the food. So I was like, all right, cool. And so from just like her education and not in this like methodical way, it was just like, this is how you would eat to feel more full or fuel yourself. Cause I was like an avid runner then, you know, before I had kids and got old and my joints started to hurt. And so then I, and then I lost another like 15 pounds not trying. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. I would love to do that for, for people. Like just talk to people in this like really interesting way. And there's science here. And so I applied to the nutrition program at NYU and I got in and I did my internship at Mount Sinai and I worked at the hospital. And that was such an like interesting exercise because Mount Sinai hospital, as we all know, is one of the best hospitals like in the world. And I got to see people who lived in the housing project across the street from the hospital and like literally Saudi Arabian princes with the same issues. And I would have to treat them. So that was, that was good. That was a good lesson. And I learned a a lot about medicine. Kind of like a great equalizer. It's like, we're all people. It's a good reminder. That's right. That's right. Like there was one time where I had like a prince with this GI disorder and this guy across the street from the housing project with the same GI disorder. And they were the same. And I had to make sure they got, they understood because they all had their food preferences. They were all, they were both having the same surgery. Their families were interested in, t- in helping taking care of them. And so, you know, uh, and I helped them and I made a difference and, th- and that was good. And, and I thought, all right, like I've learned so much. Let me go do other things. So I just started learning and working in different areas of nutrition, working in, home infusion with people who are really sick and dying, working with, you know, wellness companies, working with, as like, you know, with benefit providers and, and then thinking, okay, I'm going to have my own private practice. So that's what I did. And then I joined private practices with another RD because we just thought it's just more fun to work with other people. And we, we hired two other RDs and what we were going to do was take insurance because whenever anybody thinks about a dietitian, it just seems very restricted and very wealthy, right? And you would have to be like, you know, a venture capitalist in order to be able to afford to see a dietitian. And we were like, no, we don't want to do that anymore. We want to cater to the 90 to the 99%, not the 1%. And so we did that and it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And our North Star actually was like, we just want to make a million dollars. Like Laura, it's, it was like the funniest thing. We're like, we're just gonna, we just want to make a million dollars. Want to make a million dollars? That will be like no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. And we have, by the way, we have no money. We're just gonna put five thousand dollars in a checking account and see what happens. We cannot it. pay for social Manifest media. Manifest that shit. <laughs> yeah, like no social media, no SEO. 
No, nothing. There is nothing here. This is bootstrap, boots on the ground, brute force. We're going to make this happen. And then venture capitalists came to us and offered us money. And we're like, this is a trick. <laughs> like, what is this? And so now we, and we made the million dollars, right? In December of 2021 with nothing but $5,000 in the checking account, we made a million dollars and we closed almost $5 million in venture funding so that we could compete in the digital health space so that we could give people access so that you could have a dietitian in your pocket and be successful in your health journey, whatever that looks like just wanted to do good work. And and so we did it. And so like now we've got like 40 people working for us with us and we're trying to build something that has a lot of impact. That's so cool. What a story. And I love, I just, I love the way that it panned out and I, I, our listeners will know that I'm a big believer in manifestation. And I feel like that's kind of the way that you took, you're like, it wasn't like this could happen. It's like, no, we're going to make a million dollars. We're going to make this happen. And, and you did. And the motives there too, like wanting to make it accessible. I think that's huge. So Awesome. Yeah. Look at you now. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Well, I want to dive into some of our topics because I think yeah. this stuff is so important. And I, <clears throat> I want to preface this too, is that I've seen kind of like this pendulum swing. I don't know if you agree with this or not, but where like, you know, how many years ago it was like, you were shamed if you didn't look a certain way, if you weren't a certain body type, that kind of thing. And now it's kind of like people get really kind of, they can get wary of even talking about nutrition in relation to weight loss or in relation to your body size or whatever. And I, I think just coming into this conversation around like food freedom and behavioral change and relationship with food and all of that, it's like, I, I, I'm saying this because I recently had a friend who was chatting to me about, she's postpartum and she's like, I want to lose weight because I want to just feel more comfortable in my skin. And I want to, I, it's an indicator to me that like my body's inflamed, et cetera. So I want to preface this by when we talk about, when I talk about food and, and like you, you know, you talked about weight loss and that kind of thing. It's not that like there's any right body as I'm sure you could uh, agree with, but it's important to have these conversations. And I think in talking about it and understanding, like you mentioned, you learn from your nutritionist about like there's fiber and it does this and there's protein and carbohydrate and what things do for our body, it can lead to food freedom. So starting with that, yeah. from my perspective, at least, I'd love to hear more from you around that. I think kind of starting on that topic around like food freedom and ditching this diet culture while still finding empowerment through learning about nutrition and the ways it impacts our body, both physically, mentally, kind of uh, all around. Let's like go back from the beginning of time. All anybody wants to do is like eat and drink whatever they want with like no consequence. Like everybody just wants to like drink a bottle of wine at night, like not eat vegetables, eat cookies, like not move, no exercise. Yeah. And just like, and, and be like, and be their ideal body. Whatever that, that is for you is obviously like different because everybody has their own perspective, but that, that's all they want. And that's not true, right? And so everybody is trying to sell you something. And a lot of times I, I personally feel that like that whole like food freedom is actually like just more diet culture. It's just like wrapped up in bullshit. Like, look, you should eat some vegetables. They're good for you. There's vitamins, minerals. You should eat fruit. There's antioxidants. Like, you know, drink water. It's going to like, you know, help your gut, help you go to the bathroom more regularly. Like if everyone in your family is quote unquote overweight and you are eating vegetables and you are, you know, exercising and you're doing all these things, then 
then yeah, your weight is not an indicator of your health, right? Like you, there's genes involved. Like that's the other thing is that a lot of these people who talk about obesity and this, and it doesn't matter. They couldn't even begin to understand on a true scientific level, like what is happening when, if, when someone is actually like obese, which is a chronic disease, like we coined that in 2017, you know, there, there are, there are all these things that we understand and don't understand with regards to obesity. And so like, if you are doing quote unquote, all the things, and this is your body, this is your body. And, and that's, that's fine. There's like, this is what it is. And, and I'm going to go out a little bit further and say, you're probably not going to be able to change it that much because there's a lot of genes that are in play. So like in this instance, like we need to like really have food freedom here. We need to think to ourselves, like we're doing very good work. We're, we're being kind to our bodies. We're treating our bodies really well. And this is who we are. And we need to love our bodies and, and accept that. If you tell me that you're like, literally drinking a bottle of wine a night and eating pizza every single night and chips and there's no water, there's no vegetables, there's no movement and you're quote unquote overweight. Like, yeah, there's some work we can do. There is some work. If you don't care, I don't care either. But if you come to me and you're saying like, this is how I operate and I don't want to operate like this anymore because I don't feel great about myself and I know I'm not being kind to my body, then we can work on that. When people come to me and they've just had a baby and they're like, I don't really feel good. And I'm like, yeah, okay, well, your baby is five months. And your only goal right now, if you're breastfeeding your baby, is to just feed your baby and and get yourself into like established, you know, routines and patterns and things change so much with with babies. And maybe we can talk in a year. <laughs> like, because your focus should be on your baby and yourself and treating yourself well. So I, I really think that people need to understand like, what are your goals? What are, how do you behave in your day to day? What are the things, what are the, what's the low hanging fruit that I can do to make things better and to make me feel like I'm doing something that might help move the needle and then kind of go from there. But that like, Oh, food freedom, eat and drink whatever you want. It doesn't matter. It's like, bullshit. That's not true. I love it. I, I agree. And I think it's against the pendulum swing. Yeah. We don't need to like quantify our worth by, you know, quote unquote, good or bad foods, but there are foods that serve us and foods that don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can't, yeah. Like, really it, you know, when, when someone's like, Oh, it's so bad. I'm, I'm so, I have a, you know, you'll have a patient and they'll be like, oh, I was so bad. I went out with my friend and I had, I had wine and I had dessert. And I'm like, well, you had went out with your friend that you don't see all the time and you had wine and you dessert, you had a good time. And so that's not bad. And you shouldn't say it like that. That's, that's, you should enjoy yourself. And they're like, Oh, okay. Like, yeah. (laughs) But, but if that, you know, if you're saying I'm drinking every day, like, okay, well, we should probably talk about that and see where we could make a change and do something better for ourselves. Spot on. I love it. And I really just want to appreciate, mention that I appreciate your kind of like no nonsense, like this is the way that it is. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not, I'm not for everyone, Laura. Like sometimes, you know, people hear me talk on podcasts and they're like, I want to work with Vanessa. And like the the girls in the front desk are like, I don't know. And (laughs) it's kind of like, do you need coddling? Cause then we have other dietitians for you. (laughs) Like you need a softer approach. Hi there, Laura here, excited to share one of my all-time favorite products from one of my all-time favorite companies, Paleo Valley. 
Paleo Valley's organic supergreens are a delicious, energizing blend of nutrient-rich organic superfoods that make getting nourishment in every single day super easy. I start every day with these before coffee, before anything else, and actually take them alongside the vitamin C complex, which is also incredibly nourishing, both from real foods, superfoods at that. And you can save 15% on any Paleo Valley product with code MODERNMAMAS at checkout. Go to paleovalley.com, type in Modern Mamas, all one word, at checkout, and save 15% on powerful nutrition. Well, I feel like with the coddling piece, and I would say that I'm, I, I'm similar. I feel like we're very similar in that way. But I think it's really difficult, and I'd love to hear you speak to this because it's something that I've thought a lot about and mentioned, but I'm not an expert, is the inability, I think, to, to – we talk about food, like relationships with food, and really the inability to differentiate. Like there's going to be emotion. There's going to be – you know, they're very deeply intertwined, our relationship with food, food and feeling. And I believe that stems from the fact that our, the first way – one of the very first ways we know love as humans is being fed by our mother or caregiver or whoever it is. And so – I'm curious on your thoughts around like the, the, like the words relationship with food. We have relationships with people, and yet that's a very common phrase when it comes to food as well. So in your work, have you seen that where it's pretty common that people have d- disordered, healthy, whatever, relationships with food? And, and can we, do you think it's possible to, d- to like divide the two, to separate food and feeling? Or do you think that they're always going to be in some ways intertwined? Well... It's very, com- it's so complicated, right? Because to your point, your first experience with food is going to indicate how you behave, right? And so like, did your mother have an eating disorder? Was she always counting calories? Did, were you food insecure? Even like, I always talk about this, that like, I love chocolate so much. It just like makes me so happy. It's almost like not normal, but I can just go back and say, I spent a lot of time with my grandmother. I loved my grandmother so much. And every time I would go see her, she would give me like a gigantic candy bar, chocolate bar, and we would sit and eat it together. Even though the woman was a diabetic, she didn't care. So like that, that must be like, like that comfort thing. So I think that people do have feelings around food and also like food is like your culture. It's how you connect with people. The kitchen is always like the epicenter of, of the house. I mean, like I'm looking to buy a house and I looked at the kitchen and I was like, people cook here. How do you cook here? I'm the same way. Yeah. I'm like, like, where would you chop the food? My husband's like, forget a master bedroom. I just want a big kitchen. Yeah. I'm like, what is the kitchen? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I think we're going to have to make the kitchen, the dining room, the dining room, the kitchen. He's like, hey, this is too much. But so, so you, but you can disassociate, I think, right? Like you can say, well, I love food and food is, food is, you know, nourishment and it makes me happy and all of these things. But like, is the feelings around it, I think are, I always think it's like more of like a cover. Like if I'm always going to food to make me happy, it's just like, it's a cover because I don't want to deal with my feelings. So that's my mechanism. Some people go to alcohol. Some people go to gambling or spending, right? Like, so that that's just the, the random variable that you choose. So I think it's really about getting down deep and dealing with whatever is going on in your life so that you can, you know, like be truthful, live your own truth. And the food, I can take the food out and give you something else. And maybe that's what you would go to. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love that. 
That's a really good point. It's like, because I, I, food for me is, is an ex, is also very experiential. So I will say there's yeah. feelings around it and that like for us as a family, we sit down to dinner every single night and that's a very important part of our day. But it's not the things that I'm putting in my mouth necessarily. It's the experience around that. So there's like a, I guess, a differentiation as well. That's right. That's right. Yes. Because it's how you connect with your family. And that's like the, like such a gift that you're giving to your kids, because when you sit at the table and you're having like positive communication and you're talking about the day. And so there's no charge around food. So your kids are not going to be looking to food necessarily for, they're not going to look to food for comfort. They're going to look to people. They're going to look to their parents, to their sibling, because that's where the positivity comes from, not from the food. I love it. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that perspective so much because these are the kinds of things that I I love to talk about. Um, I think food serves in so many ways. And some of that is the experience. Some of that is the like micronutrient breakdown. Some of that is the macronutrient breakdown. It's, I could talk about food forever. So we kind of talked, we talked about food freedom. We kind of touched on diet culture and like ditching diet culture. And you mentioned the ways in which food freedom and diet culture kind of sometimes potentially are the same thing, depending on who's talking. What are your thoughts around like diet culture and nutrition in general? And do you see that often in your practice and how, how can we, can we quote unquote ditch it for good thoughts there? Yeah. Like it's so funny when I see these like, dietitians being like, ditch diet culture and like, you, like your cultural foods are fine. And you're, and I'm like, yeah, we all know that this is like, who's telling you to count calories and like that you can't eat rice and beans. Like, no, who was somebody with a, somebody you would listen to that person. Like I'm, I'm very confused as to what is the messaging out there per se? I, yes. Tons of people want like gimmicks and et cetera, but it's like, okay, well, we all know that gimmicks don't work. Or like in recent time, how everyone was talking about Kim Kardashian wearing Marilyn Monroe's dress. And like, she basically like starved herself and whatever. And I'm like, why on earth would I compare myself to Kim Kardashian? Kim Kardashian has endless amounts of money. She's going to that fucking Met Gala for God's sake. So it's like $35,000 a ticket. Like this is different. I don't care what she does. And, and nobody else should either because that's not reality. The rest of us live in the real world. And we all know that we cannot spend money on surgery. We do not have chefs making our food. So like Kim Kardashian cannot be the North star because most of us are just regular people. So, so that's where I think that, that diet culture comes from a lot of the time is that it's the first time that we have access to celebrities and quote unquote, what they're doing every day and what they're eating, even though all of that stuff is just like made up, right? Like whatever they show us on Instagram is not necessarily true. And so I think that's where that all comes from really like, Oh, I I can try to be like her, but we don't have their resources. So we're never going to be that, that way. So let's now come into reality and figure out like what's good for me and what's good for my body. We don't need, and we don't need to be like going and like, if you, if you want to eat a certain way or eat however you want, and you don't want to think about it and you need somebody to give you permission, I'm going to give you permission right now. You are in charge of your own life. I don't care. I don't care if you want to eat McDonald's every day. I'm not judging you. I'm not. And I don't think other people really are either. I think if, but if you want to live a different way, you can do that too. Like we are all able to make the choices that we want to make. It's fine. And I think that's what people need to hear. Whatever happens to you down the road, remember there are consequences for your actions. So 
if I choose to eat chickpeas at lunch because I care about fiber and my overall gut health and drink water, that's what I'm doing for my body because I think that that's good. If you choose otherwise, that's fine too. I love it. It's like putting the onus back on people. It's not Kim Kardashian's fault that I don't look like her and that I never will. Right. <laughs> right. and, you know, and it's like the headspace piece. And then also how am I serving my body? And I don't want to look like her. I don't want her body. And coming back to like the onus, I think I'm curious to know too, if you've seen where you work with folks and they take that onus back and they're like, I'm in charge of what I do. And then as they start to eat more nourishing foods, they're perspective of their bodies change even without that much actual actual physical change of their body have you seen that happen at all yeah yes because what happens is they will you know like they'll come to you and they'll say like okay i it's okay i want to lose weight okay great like but and i try so hard and nothing works and you're like all right like whatever sure so you you listen to them you talk to them and you give them like the one thing to do and ev- we can always make an improvement, whatever it is, like it's something small, like we can just be drinking more water or we can add a piece of fruit to our diets. You know, I'm never, I'm generally never like really taking anything away. I'm just asking people to shift and add, but like having, telling somebody like, they're like, oh, I, I eat so much sugar at night, but I don't eat until two o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm like, okay, that's not really serving you. So like, Hey, why don't we just start eating? Like, can you eat like at 10 AM instead of two or three. And they're like, okay, fine. And then they'll be like, oh my gosh, I didn't lose any weight this week, but I didn't eat sweets every single day. I only ate them like two of the days. And you're like, great. And then they feel better, right? You're like, good. That we, that's what you wanted. And we achieved that goal. Good. And then at the same time, and they're like, I did every single thing that you said. And you're like, okay, great. Did you write it down? And they're like, yes, I did. And you're like, great. So they wrote it down and then you could show them, well, actually, we actually said that you were only going to drink juice every other day and you actually drank two juices every day. And they're like, oh, okay. And so when people are like, tracking is going to make people have disordered eating. And I'm like, it's not, I'm not shaming you. I'm, I, I don't know what you do every single day. So I need to see it in aggregate and you need to see it. It's not forever so that we can try to establish habits again, so that we can achieve the goal that you set forth. I love that. And and working with someone and having you look at it without judgment and with just this is information versus like plugging right. it into my fitness pal where it's like bright red, you ate over you overate fat when you've had like 20 grams. That's those are very right. different things. <laughs> totally different things. Exactly. Because people will be like, My fitness pal, I'm like, I've never told anyone to use my fitness pal. Like, if that's what they like to use, I'll say to them, like, okay, that's fine, but you you have to remember, like, I don't care about how many calories, how much fat, like that's not what I'm looking at. I just want a place for you to log the food. So it's actually just better if you just like write it in a note section and send it to me. Totally. And And maybe like a note of how you feel after you eat it. Exactly. And I I do, I ask them like track how you feel, track any symptoms. If you have like GI issues, like let's try to get to the bottom of things. So like, I think also, which this might be like provocative, but whatever, is that for a very long time, the lens, of nutrition and wellness comes from what lens are we looking at? Celebrity lens, rich, thin white woman lens. We don't look at it from like the world, right? Like what is the experience of regular people? Not everything is disordered. Some people just want information. Some people grew up like me with no knowledge of food. They just ate the food that was prepared for them. So if, so I'm not triggered by anything. You can talk to me about food in an entirely different way than maybe you would talk to somebody who had a history of an eating disorder. And so as a trained professional, I am able to recognize that. 
So we don't have to be on this, you know, sword, die on this sword of like everything is, you know, diet culture. Like that's not actually true. Gosh, I'm so glad you said that. And not everything is social media. You know, it's like not everything can be summed up in a meme. (laughs) There's nuance and there's gray area and there's individuality and individual need. And I love that. I come from, I was very, very, very involved in like endurance training and then very, very, very deeply engrossed in CrossFit. And I had this sort of relationship with food during both of those seasons of my life. And I feel like motherhood brought like in many ways saved me from that yeah because it brought me back to normal and like what what the things that my body can do and also the things that it has to do on daily basis and if I don't fuel appropriately it can't do those things and just like such a different appreciation for my body and I asked the question earlier about like have you seen that when people start to fuel themselves better with more intention perhaps than their their image of their own like self-image changes and that's definitely happened for me like I've never appreciated my body more have I been leaner sure does that matter not uh, fucking bit. <laughs> right. Right. Cause you're like, cause your your biggest concern and your focus is making sure that you're properly fueled so that you can have a good headspace that you can take care of your kids. <laughs> like, so that's, that's what's important. And, and you get that. And, and that's very, and like, also food is delicious Same, when you're yeah, not, enter- yeah. when you're not tracking everything and, you know, not worried about calories or macros or whatever and you eat food that your body craves and and it nourishes you on a deep level and it tastes good like so many levels of serving you it's so cool yeah food's awesome yeah amen i love it and on that note that's kind of a good segue because i do want to chat a little bit about the ways in which you know kind of talking about moms because most of our listeners are moms or plan to be moms or love a mom and so kind of for moms in general and i see the whole gamut on this I see moms kind of similar to, with my story where like they had babies and they th- re-fell in love with their bodies and, and that kind of thing. And then I also work with and talk to moms who are like struggle a lot with their, the way their body looks postpartum and, and wanting to like track macros. I get asked all the time, like, do you count macros? And absolutely not. I never will again. I don't judge anyone yeah. who does, but I don't ever want my daughter to see me putting what I'm eating into an app, like period, end of story. I've been there, done that. It didn't yep. serve me. So I have my littlest one in my arms now. She woke up, but so kind of getting to into that topic of how can we as as like start as moms to love ourselves through food and foster that in our kids. It's definitely hard after you know, like you get pregnant, your body changes, you're so excited, you give birth, and then you're like, oh, I don't look the way that I used to look, or oh, it's taking me longer, and like those are real thoughts and they're normal thoughts and it's fine to want to care about the way that you look like this is this is okay like so you don't have to feel like shame around that but what you do have to remember is that whatever you're doing is going to go back to your kids your kids are going to pick it up like I have patients like teenage kids whose parents you know the mother has an eating disorder and the kids have eating disorders and but you know here we are and now it's like it's a whole thing it's so complicated and you just don't want to be there because there is so much it's so hard to be like a teenager right and now like on top of that adding an eating disorder on top of that which is like directly correlated with how the parent behaves is just such a shitty place and who wants to deal with that and so like you know, when in our house, like no food is off limits. Like on Halloween, you know, I do the thing where I let them eat all the candy and my, you know, with my daughter, she will like 
cry about how her stomach hurts and like not eat candy for the next six months it always backfires with my son he's like more candy so like there's that it's not doesn't necessarily work and you know other people would say like what i do with like i make them eat a vegetable at lunch and dinner isn't like necessarily the right thing but also they would never eat a a a vegetable at lunch and dinner if i didn't force them to so there's that right we have like this ebb and flow but we eat food we eat all kinds of food sometimes for breakfast there it's bagels and cream cheese and sometimes it's an egg and sometimes it's an oatmeal and sometimes the dessert is you know a cookie and sometimes it's a fruit and sometimes it's nothing at all and all of those things are are good i always talk about this uh, and i i always like mention to people but ellen satter and her book is feeding families and she talks about the the division of responsibility she's actually like a precursor to intuitive eating so Ellen Satter is a registered dietitian and also a mental health professional and from like the 80s. And she talks about the division of responsibility. And she says that as a parent, your only job is to provide this, the food that the child deems safe and also at like a time timed intervals and also foods that you want your kid to try. So back to what I just said, sometimes the snack will be chips. And sometimes the snack will be carrots, just like whatever we, you know, and there's no, no charge around the food and we don't bribe them to eat certain things and, and that. Right. And n- we don't hide vegetables because the kids will lose trust. And like, eventually they will, they will comply. And, and it's true. Like my kids eat the vegetables now and, you know, my son only ate like four foods for a while, but now, you know, he's eating eggplant and chicken. And so we're, we're making progress and, and that's it. And she says that intuitive eating actually is only, it's just called intuitive eating, she calls it eating competence, is really only for children. And that if you're trying to do it as an adult, because your intuition is so fucked up, that you probably never have success. And so there, so see, I'm going back to my whole like food freedom is still more diet culture, because this person is like the gold star. But but she's not like flashy and sexy, so people don't really know about her. But her book, Feeding Families, it has a strawberry on the cover. It's probably like eleven dollars on Amazon. I think like every parent should get it. It just really helps you because in those those early stages where like you're freaked out because your kid only eats like three things or your kid only like grazed snacks, only grazes, all of that stuff is okay. Just keep offering the food. Sometimes you'll have to do what I did, which was say like, no, I'm sorry, find the vegetable that you like. That's the one that you have to eat at lunch and dinner. That's okay too. But just like letting them know, like take the charge out of the food. Desserts are fine. Cookies are fine. We eat fruits and vegetables here. We eat as a family every day. She talks about that too. All of those things make for happy and competent eaters. Have you heard of Foria? It's a company that is loved far and wide by folks who've had their sex lives transformed by these holistic, powerful products. And now I see why. They've been especially wonderful through this postpartum period for me when a little extra lubrication is key. Rusty and I have used the Intimacy Sex Oil with CBD and it's the perfect lube to provide all natural moisture with 400 milligrams of broad spectrum CBD to enhance arousal, soothe and excite. We also love the Awaken Arousal Oil. And of course, all four of your products are free of added chemicals and only made from two organically grown ingredients. And you know what's sexy? 
discomfort-free, top-notch, pleasurable intimacy. I want to be totally honest, being married 10 years plus two kids later, sex and intimacy has definitely seen its ups and downs for us, but there's no shame in exploring different ways and products that enhance our sexual experiences, which is why we're so excited to announce we're partnering with Boria, a company using all natural and plant-based ingredients to intensify sexual pleasure and relieve discomfort. We are all about the Awaken Arousal Oil with CBD, which is a topical oil to enhance pleasure, discomfort and help increase sensitivity for people with vulvas that's me you can use it solo or with a partner and it is next level sexy time has definitely leveled up over here plus cbd used topically helps increase blood flow relax muscles and ease tension and manage discomfort gently and naturally all around wins so awesome friends i can't recommend for you enough I think it's time to treat yourself to deeper, fuller pleasure and connection, both on your own and with your partner. And these products are your ticket to all of that. Foria is offering a special deal for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order by visiting foriawellness.com forward slash modern mamas or use code modern mamas at checkout. That's F O R I A wellness.com forward slash modern mamas for 20% off your first order. Enjoy. We do a lot of like, we'll offer all the foods and you pick how much and what you want to eat. I used to worry because I'm like, she hasn't had protein in, in like a week. But then the next week, all she'll want is like, like you know, we'll get her like grass-fed beef. She just wants burger patties like every day. And so, yeah. you know, I'm just like, okay, I know that her body is wiser than mine at this point. Because like you said, we've been inundated with diet culture and, and hyper-palatable foods and like all that for 30 plus years. So I'm trying to lean into trust and not to put my history and baggage around food on her in any capacity. So I just, I, I love that. I'm going to, I'll link to that book in the show notes too. It sounds awesome. Yeah. It's really great. Yeah. And I, I mean, yes, everything that you're doing is exactly right. Like her body knows she's going to tell you and like, she's five, she wants like some autonomy. And so where can she be autonomous? with the, her food choices. <laughs> so she's, she's going to push that envelope as much as she humanly can. And you just have to like, you know, ride the wave and, and it's, you're going to, she's going to be better for it. And it, it's going to be fine. You'll start to see like, you know, I've seen my daughter, you know, just be like, like a carb monster. She was just like, I'm eating bread for breakfast. I mean, and I'm like, watching, seeing, like observing, like, okay, like, let's see what's going to happen here at dinner time. And then she'll be like, okay, I'm going to have this chicken and th- these carrots and okay, great. And we're like, you know, here, do you, cause it's always like a protein, a starch and a vegetable. Like, do you want the pasta? And she'll be like, no, I'm full on that. And you're like, yeah, she knows. But other people would get like, their backs would go up. Like, oh my God, this kid, this kid had a bagel for breakfast. She had sandwich and chips for lunch and these carrot sticks. Like, then she had a bar. Like, shit, what's next? And she was like, I'm good. I'll just have some chicken. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you're like, okay. It's amazing. Evie yeah. almost always eats the protein and vegetable on her plate first. And that we haven't, we will put, oftentimes I'll like, if she wants a treat, I'll just put it on her plate with her dinner. Yeah. And intuitively, okay. I think she saves it for last because she wants that to be the last thing she eats because she wants to like savor it. And I did the same yeah. thing, but I'm not, it's, yeah. she could eat it first if she wanted to. So yeah. and we'll sometimes we'll have treats before dinner. Like try not to, you know, earning food and all that. But also sometimes it's, I see you mamas because sometimes it's so hard. Like, no, you can't have the pie until you eat the thing. And then I'm like, ah, man. But also like right. you have to eat the things. So <laughs> it's, it's complicated yeah. sometimes. Well, you know, what we, you know what we say? Like, we'll be like, 
listen, we want you to eat your dinner first, please, because your dinner is the is the meal where we have all our fiber and our vegetables and our protein and all all the things that are keeping us full because we had a long day and we need to recharge. And if you eat the cookies first, then you're not going to eat the dinner. So please eat the dinner. And then they're like, oh, okay, fine. Yeah, our, our, yeah. my oldest is in jujitsu and she's really putting together like she does feel different when she goes to class if she's eaten like more nourishing foods and we call it grow food or strong food or whatever. And it's like just teaching them versus making it. This is just a rule. You eat your vegetables because it's like, no, finish the sentence. (laughs) We always have to remember, finish the sentence. Yeah. And like, honestly, like I, I talk to my kids and like, you can too. Like I'll say like, okay, you're going to jujitsu. Okay. So the thing is, is that if you just eat this piece of bread here, what's going to happen is you're going to digest it very fast and you're not going to have a lot of energy. So can you please add peanut butter to that bread? So I'm not taking it away. I'm not telling her that she can't have that food. I'm making her understand how she can make that food more nutrient dense. And we're going to have the peanut butter because that has fat and that has protein and that's going to help keep you full for longer with that bread. And they get it. You, you guys, people don't give their kids credit. When you start talking to them like that and then they do it, and you didn't take away the thing that they wanted to eat. You actually just made it a little bit better. And, and peanut butter, cream cheese, whatever. A piece of cheese, a piece of turkey. I don't give a crap. Whatever it is, the kid will eat. Put it on there. Get them to eat it. They will feel better. And that's those are the conversations. So then it wasn't like you said, just because. It's because of this. I love it. Yeah, there's so much power and, and helping them understand. But then also I like coming back to the onus piece, we as parents have to like rise to the occasion and, and learn ourselves too, so that we can better yeah. teach them. And, and, yeah. and I, I, I imagine you might agree, like so much of teaching our kids is modeling. So if like right. I'm sitting there eating a bag of chips while I make dinner, cause I'm starving. Cause I haven't fed myself all day while I drink my glass of wine. And then I set this dinner down at the table and I'm not hungry and I'm going to make her eat it when she's seen me eat the chips. Like, you know, that's a little bit uh, problematic. Yeah. 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 I know it's, it's tough. And like, look, we're all, everyone's doing the best they, that they can. And it's not, it's not perfect every day. And like, also like, you know, my kids are eight and 10. So, you know, sometimes I'll say like, Hey, sometimes mommy makes mistakes and they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I, like, I, I've apologized to my kids. If I, if I've not been like, you know, as kind as I should be or, and like, they get it. And so I think just like showing them that you're a human being, like half the, half the battle. Cause no, you know, uh, my parents didn't show me that cause they, you know, they were infallible, I guess, but not really. Right. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I feel like that's so generational. You know, I try to get my mom yeah. to go to therapy with me and she's like, absolutely not. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm like, there's something wrong with all of us. We could yeah. all use therapy. We could all use help. It's okay to ask for it. It's okay to apologize. But, you know, and there's even times where my daughter, I'm like, you know why I snapped at you? Because I hadn't eaten in like too long. I was hungry and I had just had sugar. And so helping her kind of connect the dots there too. And with her moods, if she has sugar, my goodness, she's a different kid. And she knows it. It doesn't mean we take sugar away, but we're trying to help her understand. Like, you you know how you're feeling like a little bit out of control right now? Like, remember what you ate last? And she'll be like, oh, sugar. I'm like, yeah. 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 Like exactly. Just like talking to them and teaching them and, you know, then they'll be able to make more informed decisions. And so I don't know, it, 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 those things work. It takes time, but you see as they age, it it gets better as time goes on. 
I love it. Well, we're rounding out here and I am so grateful for your time and I know you don't have a ton of it to spare, but I would love if you could maybe kind of round us out with, you know, any final words considering our audience too, mostly moms, kind of just some words to leave us with to maybe ponder or consider as we move forward in our day, whoever's listening, whenever you're listening. Just give yourself grace. It's not going to be perfect all the time, but you can, you can always go back and say you're sorry or fix things like you're doing the best that you can. You have kids for God's sake. It's very, it's very challenging. <laughs> so, so I, I'm proud of all of you. That's what I can say. I love that so much. Beautiful. And then where can everybody find you? I'll, I'll link to all of it too, but if you're maybe they're wanting to dive in right away, where are the best yeah. places to find you? Yeah. So you can go to KalinaHealth.com or you can follow us on Instagram, Kalina Health, or you can follow me, Vanessa Rosetto RD. And there's lots of information and tidbits and tricks. And sometimes my, my kids, they do funny things on, on Instagram. So you could, you could see them there too. <laughs> I love it. And I will say, I listened to one of your podcasts. I forget, I forget what channel or what podcast even was, but I, I just remember you were talking about honey mamas. I think you, honey mamas chocolate. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm actually looking, I just got a delivery while we were recording of some honey mamas. And so I feel like we're kindred souls in many ways and I'm gonna, yes. looking forward to enjoying some honey mamas, but I think of you sometimes when I, when I have a bar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so good. They like randomly sent me some and I was like, what is this deliciousness? I'll just like get a box show up. I'm like, I love them so much, especially for the surprise factor. <laughs> exactly. Cause like, cause you know, people are like asking you like, Hey, can I send you something to try? And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah sure, sure, sure. And then you get it. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't know I was take getting this. Yeah. <laughs> next level (laughs) and my my son loves chocolate too so he's like mom what is that i'm like no rocco he's like please (laughs) here's a here's a square go away he's like okay i know there's there's like three little bars in the package and there's now four of us i'm like what are we gonna do when indy is eating because how are we gonna make this work Dad will nah, have to share with any, or dad can share his, his with her. That's right. That's right. That's right. It's so funny. I'll leave you with this. One of my friends just turned 40 and my, and she, her every year for her birthday, she gets a strawberry shortcake cake. And so my son was like, what kind of cake is Ann Carly getting? And I was like, strawberry shortcake. He's like, wait, she's not getting a chocolate cake. I'm like, no. He's like, how does she live? I don't understand. Like, yeah, not everyone likes chocolate, Rocco. He's like, who who are those people? I'm like, I yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Crazy. Awesome. Well, it's so nice talking to you. You too. Thank you for your time. I look forward to connecting more. And everyone go check out Vanessa's work and her Instagrams and all the things. And thank you again for your time. Thanks so much. Talk soon. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. We'll chat you next week. Thanks for listening to our podcast. See you next time. Bye.